what is up everybody and welcome back to the triple h podcast happy hour hoops nba talk with me and jake today it's the og crew today, hey, steve if you want a dual screen it's steve you can hear him talk he's been talking for like seven hours now but uh over on twitch yeah <laughs> i'll give him his plug there but yes we're back old school today Old school stream for happy hour hoops. Just Isn't me that and Jake crazy? today. Dunny, Dunny, we can say old school. We're almost. This is almost three years old. We are three months away. It's crazy. A little man. more than three months away from happy hour hoops being three years old. And where has the time gone? It has not felt like three years. That is for sure. We started as a bubble podcast, and now we live in the. Uh, and now we live in the Dylan Brooks era. <laughs> the Dylan Brooks era of the NBA. <laughs> Uh, and somehow because we that's managed the thing. to talk about we're still again today going to talk about the Brooklyn Nets and their drama um somehow yeah. some way it started that way this is basically a Brooklyn Nets podcast that's essentially what I'm trying to say yeah man we've uh, we've been all over the map and we're here today we got we got some news and notes that we'll jump into in a little bit Jalen Brown the Jalen Brown article um over at the ringer that has been just taking the Twitter world, Celtics Twitter, NBA world by storm the last couple of days. We're going to break it down because um, I don't think the Celtics drama pieces that are in it are all that um, as what they seem. And then there's just a whole bunch of good, um, bulky, you know, interesting stuff in there. You, you said it, Jake, you know, it was a great read. A lot of different interesting things to touch on there. Jalen Brown's, you know, one of the more polarizing players in the NBA. So we'll get into that. We have Happy Hour Hoops MVP rankings. We're going to talk about the MVP because it's about that time and everyone loves to argue about it. And then uh, a little March Madness look ahead and talk about the tournament so far and then, you know, the Sweet 16 coming up. Hell yeah, man. Start with the the news and notes, though, as always. Paul George, man, that this this sucks, bro. That you we, we try to get the, the bad news out of the way. Paul George yeah. sprained his knee last night. He's out at least two to three weeks, so he's missing the remainder of the regular season and then will be reevaluated. He may miss some playoff time. Um, hopefully not the entire playoffs, because I think that would be very detrimental to the Clippers run. Um but yeah, I mean he he even had a he banged up nasty 360 dunk in game on the baseline wasn't even a fast break and half court offense i mean that just that alone we're gonna miss having paul george on the court for stuff like that but what do you think this does for the clippers man this is this is tough i hated seeing this today well why the clippers they haven't been healthy like ever since the team has been incepted they've never been healthy together or not the key guys when they needed it to be right like it was Kawhi in the playoffs. It was PG. It's just like, it's just shit luck. And this is like, I don't know what else it can really be besides that. Maybe a proponent that you should play more games and not not play games because you keep getting hurt regardless. Like, I don't know what else it is. Like, that because they are, they are one of the only teams in the league that perpetually the last three years, like right when it shouldn't happen, the injury bug hits. Or when it, when it, like, right at the worst time, I mean, like, never, it always is going to hit, but for it to keep happening. And I feel like this was an issue with them even back in the day with CP and Blake and DeAndre. Like, one of those guys was always hurt or something was always, like, 
off like one of the like i don't know man it's just weird that it keeps happening it's very shit very very shitty for paul george um because you say two to three weeks with a sprained knee like yeah like he'll probably try to be back in two to three weeks because that timeline lines up with the beginning of the playoffs but he's not going to be the same guy we, we know how right. we know how these knee sprains work like kevin durant took how long did he just take and i know it's not the same grade but how long it was like good eight weeks right like before Durant. Yeah. so i don't realistically expect him to be like back to 100 percent right away and you look at them right now they're fifth right now right still playing the suns potentially and i mean it the west it could be you could be fifth you could be 12th it doesn't matter it just depends on what day of the week it is right now but it's it's really tough to be looking in that series where you're gonna you, do you think that they can beat the Suns without or with a hampered Paul George if KD's back and looks good even without KD I don't know if they can beat the Suns still I think they could probably but with KD I don't I don't know if that's possible yeah with KD I don't I don't think they have a chance if they don't have PG um well I mean I, I shouldn't say I don't think they have a chance they ever they always have a chance and then it's it's tough to count out this Clippers squad just because of the the mini run they had when it was just Terrence Mann, Reggie Jackson, and company a few years back in the playoffs. You know they were still able to make a little bit of noise without Kawhi Leonard um, and without you know some without PG, and they they were still able to make a little bit of noise. And then you you got to trust Ty Lue as a head coach. So if they if they do have Westbrook, you know they brought in Bones Highland. Terrence Mann is, is still around, who was on that team that was able to make noise with not a lot of other guys around him. But, yeah, I mean, if it's a fully healthy Suns team, KD's there, I, I don't think they fare well. Another worrisome thing is that, you know, you say they're the fifth seed, but the Warriors are a game back. Um, and, you know, we, we, we've been saying it all year. The Warriors don't look like the Warriors, but here they are just slowly climbing up the standings because the West is an absolute mess. And now Paul George is injured. You only are a game up on the Warriors. The Warriors could easily jump on this opportunity, take the five seed, and then, you know, things could just look a lot worse. Imagine, like, then they could end up having to play the Sacramento Kings. And I don't think any one of these teams that's no, you, you the, the late the the West is gunning for the Kings. Apparently, that's what the rumor is. I don't think that's the right move, man. No, it's not the right move. But that's what that's what they're all these West late teams down that are low. That's like the that's the vibe. Apparently, that's what I've heard on some pods and everything is that they're all gunning, hoping to get the seven to take on the the Kings or hope that the Kings end up at the three and you take them on the six. And it's like, in theory, I kind of get it, I guess, but like. They don't, I mean, the Kings don't play no defense, so we don't know what that's going to look like in the playoffs, but I wouldn't want to take a chance going into that. You know how crazy Sacramento is going to be? If you have to say, get to a game, just game seven, game seven in Sacramento, that place is going to be insane, no matter who you are coming into there. And if it's like the Warriors coming in there or something too, like, whew, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I can't wait. How much can you not wait for the West playoffs? Like the East is going to be stressful for you and I. So I'm kind of looking yeah. forward to the West and also just for the fact that it's going to be so chaotic, I guess. Yeah, man, it's it's going to be crazy. I, I can't I can't prescribe to <laughs> or subscribe to the notion that people want to play the Kings like I watched them up close and personal last night and just the the weapons they have and Sabonis and Fox the shooters like you mentioned just playing in that arena with these maniac fans who haven't seen a good team in 
like 30 years almost. Yeah. And then and here they are with this absolute squad making some noise. Your boys handled them last night though. That was that was impressive. Yeah. That had it to was, feel that had to feel good just because of like the the stretch felt, has been lately. Just like yes. finally guys. Like just let to end the road trip like that too. Yes, exactly. To stop the beam. Not, they were on not, a back to back. Not, I know, but to not fade out on a road trip like that, right? That's when you would be worried if they like tail off at the end, coming out strong. I know they're on a back to back, but they killed they they shut that shit down like that game. It was close, and then the third quarter start, and I didn't turn on the third. I was late, I was watching something else because I just turned it off, whatever. I turned it back, I was like, oh, this game's about to be done. Like, I really don't even need to watch anymore. (laughs) And they've been blowing leads lately, but they didn't exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's what, yeah. yeah. It, I like, I like how we start with a Paul George leg injury, and then it just turns us into. Well, that's what that's what we got to do, you know. Yeah. Um, can we? All right, so let's talk about the. Let's get to the next part. John Morant is back tonight. Yes, with Grizzlies. Um, and I don't know what do you, do you expect. Like, what do you expect? I don't know. I feel like it's, he's just gonna be normal. Like he's gonna just have a normal John night, and yeah, we're all just gonna, gonna go kind of try to start talking <laughs> basketball about it, and I. I'm fine with it at this point, I guess. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to think about Ja at this point. Like, it's all just been so weird. Everything about. Did you watch the whole Jalen interview? Or did you watch the any snippets of it at least? Of the Jalen? Yeah. No, I didn't. I, okay. I just read the article. He, I mean, it was just as the the PR. Uh, professional myself just i literally just watching this and being like john is just speaking like the little bullets that the comms person put on the piece of paper for him to read for the last two nights like it was one of those things and so for that reason it just makes me like not more skeptical but that what i know that was an opportunity for you to just be open and it was all just like pr it was like the grizzlies just told john like you have to go out here and do this interview with jalen rose here's what you're gonna say what did what just happen? Ja, breaking news. Ja will come off the bench tonight. Okay. I was going to mention that too because Taylor Jenkins said Ja might come off the bench. So there it is. Oh, okay. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. yeah he said that yesterday. I, but I don't like what just because he hasn't played in a couple weeks. They want the conditioning back. Like, is that the idea? I guess to just stop doing basketball stuff for five days in the middle of the season is probably, you're probably going to be pretty shook your first time back on the court. Yeah, and it's funny because remember when he went to that um, like facility or whatever in Florida to you know get his mind right or whatever. I forget the you know exact verbiage. To they used. Handle, learn how to handle stress better. That was okay, that, and yeah. that's the thing. That's the thing is like that's is that a good answer or are we just being nice to the guy trying to give him? A yeah, that's not a great answer to me to be honest. We buried Ben Simmons for his for people buried him. They tried to walk toes around it and then they were but they were all like what is going on? Like, we know there's just something else going on with this dude. And then John Morant just says he needs to handle stress better and he's going to hop on the court. I don't, I don't think so. And I'm not saying he deserved, he's not saying he did anything wrong, but it's just like, we have to be the same. We have to be, you know, the same across the board in these situations. If we're going to give one person can handle stress and go, you know, to Florida for three days but yeah, I mean, Ben, ja, ben Simmons took this a, a, a obvious, very high step further, so they shouldn't be compared. But I just want to be careful about how we talk about these things. Yeah, and it's interesting too because I I hadn't thought about this, but I heard the th- the same thing about Kyrie Irving today. It's like Kyrie, <laughs> damn near got like he was he was getting beat up and battered on social media for 
nearly yeah. two months after, you know, and obviously it's a t- touchy subject sharing the the Amazon link to the the movie that had the anti-Semitic yeah. stuff in it. Um, obviously, you know, it's something that needs to be addressed, much like the jaw thing. But people were saying like jaw just, you know, he seems to kind of be getting off easy. And he here's a guy who brought a, a gun that wasn't his into a, a strip club and was flashing it on social media where all Kyrie Irving did was share a link. And, you know, he said, you know, he, he, he apparently like, he didn't think about what his actions, neither of them did. But Neither Kyrie's, of them did, but how did we get? Yeah, how did we get to one place so quickly? But we got right. to another place so quickly. Yeah, and I Kyrie lost his shoe deal. Ja kept his. Like it's yep. just, and like you said, you made me think of it with the Ben Simmons thing. It's just the the inconsistency is is bizarre with these types of things. That's honestly like you bringing up Kyrie. Like we have more to skip. We have more to talk about here, but it ties into all the Jalen Brown stuff too. And like the more ta- more of the stuff that I took like. You and Celtics fans, rightfully, are probably looking at it through a Celtics lens, a lot of the stuff that he's been talking about. And it's not even just the Ringer article. Um, the, and New York Times article this week, too, was pretty poignant. And that was more stuff about just, you know, being in Boston and everything else. And not stuff he hasn't really talked about before. But just, you know, again, PR world, there's a reason that you decide to do two articles like this and have them come out in the same week. Like, yeah. he's clearly, like, trying to get his message out there right now in a very pointed way for whatever that reason is if it's just to speak his mind because he's been talked about a lot and i think that's the biggest takeaway i i'm just jumping into that at, at this point the that's the biggest thing is i took away from it is that he's been talked about from an outside perspective from like you know being in trade rumors and being second fiddle to tatum and all this since he literally stepped on the court and this is a dude who was it's not like I feel like Jalen Brown gets talked about like sometimes like he's like a second round pick that was like a diamond in the rough that, oh my gosh, yeah. he was really good. And he was a number four pick, like right four or three, three, three pick, yeah, number three. three pick. Like he was like, this is a guy that was like, you are, you could be a superstar in the league from day one and then has done all the right things. And what I don't understand why he's still talked about, like he's like this, up-and-comer like grinder like it's just like a weird like narrative that got put on him and i think it has something to do with like him being the guy that got thrown into the like when you talk about all the trade rumors how how real or not you think they are whether it's ad Kawhi, paul george um why am i blanking on durant all these guys what is one thing that has been consistent the last five years is Jalen Brown has been mentioned in a trade, whether it's by the Celtics or not, th- there's always been a package from the Celtics that involved centered around Jalen Brown. Like that, we could have just scheduled that tweet, right? I can't yep. imagine what kind of toll that takes on any player, but then you just like all the extra context that this great article by Logan Murdoch um, and the honestly the piece in the new york times too like gives to jalen brown like the person i think that's what really like it explains a lot to how where how the celtics are kind of in the spot they are in and how he is kind of in the spot he's in in his career right now but i want to hear from you with your inside perspective of being a guy that's like obviously followed him close very very closely since day one since draft night yeah, I mean, I have so much to say pretty much about everything, every single like different um, section of that Ringer article. But just speaking to what you said, it, me, and, me and Brett, um, who's mine and Jake's mutual friend, I f- 
friend uh, who we bring up a good amount on the podcast. But we were talking about it the other day, and it's funny you mentioned that people kind of treat him as if like he's this diamond in the rough and wasn't the third overall pick. Like me and Brett were talking about that. Like Jalen has done everything right from the second he came into this league. He was a guy who really couldn't shoot. He just had raw athleticism, nope. couldn't dribble. And now he's one of the best two-way players in the game, arguably the best player in that draft now. And that, like, it wasn't a very deep draft, but the first 10 or so picks were pretty solid, man. I mean, we're, we're talking Sabonis, Jalen Brown, Brandon Ingram, Murray. Ben Simmons. Yeah, DeJounte Murray, Ben Simmons, um, Pascal Siakam, Malcolm Brogdon. Um, yeah, B.I., like – I mean, and really, he, like, the only reason he's three is because it's Simmons and Ingram who are just 6'11 freaks of nature coming out that year. Yeah. That he, he, and in that way, he kind of is, the, like, the diamond in the rough, right? Because it's Duke and it's Ben Simmons from Australia who we've heard about since he was 15. And then it's, you know, Jalen Brown, whatever. But I digress. Yeah, and it's just um, – he talked about it in the, in one of the answers in the article, too. Like, he – it, it was frustrating for him early in his career because, you know, here he is with Kyrie Irving as a teammate. They bring in Gordon Hayward. Uh, Marcus Morris Sr. was on that team. Al Horford was on that team. Marcus Smart was kind of on him anytime he made a mistake. And he was like, wow, I see, you know, Simmons doing his thing in Philly because they didn't really have much of a team outside him and Embiid at that point. And then Brandon Ingram in L.A., like spotlight. He's playing in Showtime. He's able to showcase his skills, and they didn't really have much of a squad at the time. And here's JB coming off the bench thinking, like, he has a lot more to give, but he doesn't know if he'll get a shot. And obviously, he eventually did. And I just think it people almost don't appreciate enough, like, how much he actually grinded to get to where he is today. And, you know, he's, he says it about himself. I say it, and I think it's absolutely true that he's be- one of the best two white players that the NBA has to offer right now. Um, and it's just, yeah, it, it's kind of crazy that he. I feel like he almost still doesn't get that respect and people still don't acknowledge um, kind of the climb he's had in his young career. I mean, they both of them, no one gives enough credit to both of them. And you can't, like, you can't separate them at this point, regardless of what happens the rest of their career. But you, no one gives enough credit to both Jason and Jalen for being in the position that they were in so young in their career and not, it's not, it not blowing up yet. Like, yeah. like every other, how many other scenarios does this blow up and a star, other, the other star gets traded? You know, and I think, you know, you want to give some credit to the selfish organization, fine. I don't because Jalen doesn't Jalen basically tells us not to he's he's based in yeah. this article he's like does he, he does it's not like glowing a glowing portrayal of his relationship with the front office and everything else and I do think that there is something to Brad Stevens getting moved into that role and and maybe that's part of the reason that that ended up happening in the first place is yeah he, is a guy like Jalen and just the superstars of today in general maybe they thought that they needed someone who could you know, relate more. Um, Logan Murdoch was on Bill Simmons today talking about this article too. And I think one of the things that he noted about it is like, right now, the Celtics have a, have a big opportunity right now 
with whatever happens with Jalen, because right now they're looked at still like with the Isaiah, the Isaiah Thomas thing and that kind of thing. And now whatever's happening here with Jalen, like they, if they take care of him, it looks better to like the rest of the players in the league, free agency wise, everything else. If it goes bad though, like that's like, it's just like, how did we end up in a point where we're even talking about this? And I don't know if it's as much just because Jalen is just, that's what I'm struggling with, Donnie. Like, is it just like Jalen is just this kind of free thinker and just like has, you know, there's obviously he's talked about his trust issues and everything else. And maybe this was inevitable at some point or mm-hmm. have there been have there been missteps that like we kind of brushed over just because they were very good at basketball and covered up a lot of those missteps for a long time. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a combination of a lot of different things. I think the uh, part of it is the beginning part of the article where he talks about, you know, he um, and it's slipping my mind to the professor he became friends with. I got you. Yeah, he said, you know, he wanted to be known for more than just an athlete, and that was important to him. Um, Which I and, feel you know, that, like, yeah, I, like legitimately have as a former both of us both playing sports growing up everything i've legitimately had those conversations with people close to me like about those things and just like wondering where your place is growing up and everything else and that's just real yeah. like when i saw that it was just like that's real as fuck like and it's not and a lot of people won't admit that like just the fact that he's admitting that to anybody and especially at that time in your life like that's that tells a lot about you yeah and i think obviously that you know that conversation with uh his professor um at the school had a lot of you know it just it it impacted him a lot and kind of helped form who he is as a person today and i think that's what goes into what's happening right now i think that coincides with the part about him talking about how you know at the end of the day the nba is a business but um where he was from like people are being real with you when they come through your front door. And it seems like people, when you have these business decisions in the NBA and with your organization, it seems like they're coming through the back door and kind of saying one thing to your face, but maybe saying one thing behind your back. Yeah. So I think his, you know, struggles or maybe trust issues with the organization might just be, he's feeling a little bit like, Um, When he's on a pedestal like this and he's the one being talked about, he feels less like a person in these moments and more just like an athlete, which is the whole thing he was trying to avoid. Um, Now, I don't think that's all of it. And I'm purely speculating. I'm just saying seeing how I saying how I see it. But I also I mean, and this is not just with the Celtics. This is every team, every sport, but just the talks the toxic shit that's all over social media, man. Like he, he, you know, these guys Google their name or uh, Twitter search their name after games or after trade rumors. And, you know, I mean, that can take a toll. Like he, it's probably tough. You, I'm sure you see much more negative when you are the actual athlete than you do positive um, about these things. So I think that's, that goes into it. And, um, I think just him having a decision and kind of realizing how much better he got since he was a rookie and how much money could possibly be on the table. So here's, I think that's it's, what I wanted to bring that up. Cause do you know how much money actually is on the table? Like the actual dollar amount. If he I makes think, all NBA 
third team, if he makes All NBA third team this year, the Celtics can give him five years, two ninety. Yeah, that's the extension. They can't give him that extension if he doesn't make All NBA. Otherwise, well, I if think he, he hits, will too. He should, but otherwise, if he hits free agency, then what? Any other team can pay him more than the Celtics just because of the way extensions work because he didn't have the max before so he can only get a map that super max extension if he makes all nba so in a weird way it's all on his shoulders at this point too yeah. to literally like play well to then allow the celtics to even can be able to give him this money if he you know whatever he wants to do too like but it's just a crazy scenario too because they got like you got they got him on a discount before, but that's kind of how it comes back around the other way too. Yeah, and I do think they'll I think they'll give him you know if not that the whole two ninety I think they'll give him something real close to that, and I hope that's enough to get him to stay. You know if they don't give him the two ninety, but someone else is willing to, I think he likes you know if not the city of Boston. I think, you know, the team and realizing what he's built and realizing that his opportunity to win a championship might not be as strong right away anywhere else than where it is right now. Um, But I do think, I think especially if Brad Stevens is in the position he's in right now, I think, you know, there's no one really higher on Jalen Brown than Brad Stevens. All I'm saying is if Rudy Gobert got five first-round picks, Jalen Brown gets 25. Yeah, <laughs> your That's draft for your next thirty years is just the Boston Celtics draft. I don't know until he retires, something like that. Like that's like it's it's not even a conversation for me. Like you you pay him or you figure it out or stretch it out as long as you possibly can until you have right. the opportunity to pay. Him. And like Grant Williams so that's is someone who's like he's he's going to be a free agent as well. And like his like at the beginning of the year, it's talked about. You know, Grant could be earning eighteen to twenty million, or that's There's what he no wants way. to earn. There's no way. And it's like, yeah, now at this point, yeah. he's obviously had a few a few poor months, so he wouldn't be getting that amount. But it's like, if Jalen Brown, and then you're like, there's not going to be any questions or you know second thoughts of, oh, well, we don't want to sign Jalen because we also have to pay Grant. It's like, no, Grant's gone. Yeah, here is this supermax, Jalen Brown. Yeah, like because even if we get worst depth i'd rather have the two j's locked up and then just you know bet on them being better the best duo in the nba which they've proven to be this year or at least up there you know if you don't want to agree with that i'd rather have those two guys under contract and take away some of the depth because it's still going to be your best chance to win an nba championship in my opinion um the last thing that i think goes into it is the transparency that he talked about wanting about winning and just wanting everyone to be on the same page and speak in their mind. And I think when he says that and also says that the business can be cutthroat, I think it's difficult to trust what Brad Stevens and other guys in the organization are saying to you when all the rumors are going on. It's almost like impossible to be as transparent as you know, as you can be, because Brad still has to like Brad's job is to still take those phone calls. About exactly. So especially, say, if well, especially if the other name on the name on the other end of the line is Kevin Durant, like you have right. to take the phone call. And like the, you know, then Brad would, you know, be looked at as doing his job poorly. Exactly. So 
Brad has to answer those calls, but he can all, you know, both things can be true, but I understand completely why Jalen, you know, might be a little skeptical on believing that. Or what I think that really what they should have done and what I think is the biggest criticism of it is they should have, if you weren't, if you were just wanting to flirt around with the Durant thing, like if it wasn't like an actual, like we're going, we need to, we should make this happen. Let's do it. They should have come out day one. The first rumor came out, had a big ass press conference and made a big pomp and circumstance. And Brad should up there. We're like, we're not trading Jalen Brown. He is not because people have done that. Like that is a thing that you could have done. And they didn't do that. And I feel like that's where he's like, that's where he can be mad about this too. Like they, like they might've told him to his face, but then he keeps seeing rumors about it over there. And listen, it could have all been from the nets for all we know. Like he could have been the nets just leaking shit just to ruin the Celtics from the inside. And yeah. you know, not a bad theory. There's a lot of, probably a lot of bad blood between those two organizations. Still don't think you would ever really want to do that with an organization you have to deal with every year and every day and just things like that. I'm not a particular fan of doing bad business just out of spite, but if they were doing that, sure. Like, yeah, I guess they could have been doing that or there was smoke to the fire and Jalen's not a stupid guy and realized that there was smoke to the fire. And that's what I think is like, you just like, you just made the finals. You can't be like flirting around. I think that was the frustrating thing about it. Like I get that. I get the wanting to do it. And if you're going to do it, fucking do it then trade for Kevin Durant, like make it happen. Um, yep. If you're not going to do it, then you have to hang up the phone on the Nets right away. Like, it's not like you can't get caught with those texts. Like, you know what I mean? It's like one of those scenarios. Yeah. Like, yeah. you are in this relationship with Jalen deep. You are in deep. You can't get caught in, like, no fucking around. You can't call no DMs. Like, this is not that Yeah, time. don't call. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, yes. there's a time. Yeah, like, it's just like, you can't be doing that shit. Like, you need to take care of your guy. And I feel like that's not think- why he's upset. Yeah, and I think Brad did that, but I think you're right. It just wasn't urgent enough. Like the urgency no. just wasn't there. It and was like, after you're right. a while. It was after right, and maybe long. it didn't have to be a press conference, but like tell your guy right away. Like the fact that Jalen had to set up a three way phone call with JT and Brad, it should have been Brad going to him in the locker room like the next day at practice to be like, hey, I imagine man. Jason was probably had no idea what was going on. That's what yeah. I imagine. He's probably like, and what's good, bro? How we doing? You're like, Another point that Jalen brought up that's so <laughs> fair, too, is like Durant and and Tatum are boys. Like, yeah. this is obviously going to make things – like, it's it was the and specific they, and, player, and I think, that got him this time. They've both made it very clear, too. Like, they're like – they're bro- they're brothers in a way, but they have their very different lives that they live like, oh, yeah. apart from each other. I think that that's fair for him to wonder in the offseason, too. Like, you know, you're not, you know, they're not spending time together or doing anything really. Yeah. So who knows? You know, that's how those, that's how all these trades happen. Like he's not, like, right. yeah, he's not a dumb guy. Like he is using common sense in these scenarios. Like, even if it's unfounded, he's like, his name keeps popping up. They're hanging out. You're not telling me shit. Like it's not yeah. hard to put, you know, the pieces together, especially when you're close to it. Yeah. And we can we can you know wrap up the Jalen stuff here but I do the the last few things I'll say is well the first off like I the thing about him just being more than a basketball player and being more than an athlete I thought was interesting to hear come from him because like I literally think like this is like this is gonna come off as corny but like people like you ask people close to me like it if I could pick anyone to be like in the world, just anyone, not athlete, just person. Like I think 
I would take Jalen Brown. Like, I think Jalen Brown is one of the coolest dudes on the planet. I remember him coming into the league and like learning that he went to Cal and he was like an unbelievable like piano player. And I just thought like, thought that was super interesting. Like, he's crazy like deep into the fashion game. He has his own clothing brand. Like, he's the uh, vice president of the Players Association for the NBA. Like, he's super involved. Um, so it's it's interesting to hear him voice something like that for someone who I feel like is received as much more than yeah just an NBA Jaylen player. Brown, I've thought that even before this. Like, I've thought for a long time Jalen Brown's going to end up being remembered by people more that for – yeah, whatever he does after basketball, then as the ball, like Boston Celtic NBA champion future at whatever that is, like will be like the underline to what he does, because that's the kind of guy he's always seen like. And then for him to like, that's what he wants. Like he clearly yeah. is thinking about these things. And it's awesome. Like you said, I echo everything you said. I've loved the guy since he came in since learning about him in the draft that year and everything. And I hope I yeah. just want whatever's best for him. Like that's what I got out of this article. I think he's. It doesn't seem like he's in even a bad place. Like at this point, I think no. he just wants to be. I'm literally understood. wearing a, a Jalen Brown Cal jersey yeah. for this episode. That's lovely. Like, I got it's a beautiful uh, thing. Jalen's my guy, man. Um. So yeah, it was. And then the 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 last thing is it was nice and refreshing. You know, this is kind of the the selfishness of the Celtics fans here. But after the game, he said to reporters because obviously this was brought up. They kind of poked at it, honestly. They didn't really ask outright. But he was like, look, I think in written pieces, things can get taken out of context. For sure. He basically wanted to reiterate, like, I'm about winning. I want to be transparent with my organization and my teammates, um, which I think he was. Like, he's just getting stuff off his chest. Like you said, this might not mean anything. This just might be Jalen wanting to speak freely. And, he saw and an Logan, opportunity to do it. Logan, again, like, I the perfect guy to do this logan somebody who's n literally known jalen they went to cal at the same time that mm -hmm. logan covered him since cal and just said like yeah we kind of were friends and that means like they're probably boys like he's like the per like jalen's not doing that story either of those stories without someone that he implicitly trusts to like tell what he wants to do and that's the thing with logan specifically because that wasn't like the new york times things was just like a q a like transcript which was just like yeah. that that's not that's you know you're taking the interview but this is a story you when you're trusting someone with like a feature story on you you understand that they're going to do it delicately and with care um and i just think that that's like one of the dopest things about what he was able to do with this is like it was with somebody he was like been with since day one and got to tell his shit and like i think people are gonna be i think he, i think he made some more fans i really do like Maybe pissed yeah. off some Celtics fans. I don't know. You tell me, like, what Celtics Twitter has oh, people like are, and it's toxic. But I, I, I mean, I just think I'm a little more tuned in than the casual Celtics fan, and I feel like I've gone through the ups and downs of the rumors. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I just believe what Jason or what Jalen's telling people. Yeah. So I'm taking his word that he's just getting stuff off his chest. He wants the organization to be transparent. I think that's totally fair. He probably wants the trade rumors to stop. I think that's totally fair if yeah. there is an, if any part of it's coming from the Celtics side. And he just wants to win, which that's what all the Celtics fans should want. So, And he's crushing it. Like, he's literally averaging – like, his numbers are absurd on, on that road trip that they just came off of. The six-game road trip, he's shooting 44% from three, averaging over 30 yeah. points per game. He's Bro, still he's got a steal in like, there. The article – this is the beauty of it, is that he says, like you mentioned – the back door like the biggest thing that touched me is like when my and where i'm from 
you walk through the front door, you show respect, like you said. And then he's talking about going yeah. to the back door, the corporate circles and everything. And then he kind of just does the whole corporate circle thing in this whole article yeah. towards the Celtics. He's like, this is how I do it. But if you're not going to do it with me like that, like that's literally what the story is. It's like, this is how I do. This is how I've always done business. This is what's happened to me. So now here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw this little nuggets in. Like, I'm happy with the Celtics, but, you know, Wes is the present. But like all that shit, that wasn't directed towards Celtics fans like that. If he like there's other ways to do that, if he really wanted to be out, like, if he really wanted to be out, there would have been a trade request that is directed at Wick Grosbeck. That's one yeah. thing. It's Wick. It's not Brad. It's nobody else. We know who who is direct that. And I think that is, I can say that from the outside perspective to all the other crazy Celtics fans that are going off today, which I'm very used to as a Bills fan. Trust me, this offseason has been one of the worst I've ever experienced. That's the biggest thing I can think of is he is trying to make your organization better and you want your players to do that, to care enough to do that. Right. Yeah, I mean – Unless it ends up being Jalen super unhappy and something, you know, yeah. we have like a first round exit in the playoffs. I don't think there's any reason why Jalen doesn't get a max or the contract he's looking for. And he returns and, you know, they try to run it back with this, this similar core. Um, yeah. And I, I just think that's what I should believe right now. And I think that's the most likely outcome unless, you know, something unforeseen happens, but. Let's let's end the show here with our MVP rankings. The the, the Jalen stuff's interesting. We'll, we'll we'll see how that pans out, but um, the MVP stuff is more interesting and a little bit crazy this time of year because it looked like Jokic was running away with it for a while, and now we have a bit of a fight at the end of the season. I think, and it's it's actually it might be for the best that Steve's missing this show because. He would he would still be fighting for Jokic, but let's throw he has up. To. This yeah. is all Meerkat's doing. Don't Steve. He's I feel in his ear. Steve is compromised, and that's okay. Like because I love you, Mir. This is no hate, but I just know Steve is compromised, and I just have to I just have to take that into account now. That's all I'm saying. So if you are just listening, we're throwing up our graphic right now, and if you're watching, you will see this: the Happy Hour Hoops MVP ladder. We have Joel Embiid number one right now. Woo! Nikola Jokic, the Joker, number two. Giannis Antetokounmpo, number three. Jason Tatum, number four. Demonte Sabonis, who I was so excited to put in here at the fifth, the fifth rank of the MVP ladder. And then honorable mentions, your guy Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson, which I loved. I you, you know, he you, has you, to. He has to. Yeah, he's been playing outstanding, yeah. and there's not really too many guys that are having as much of a positive positive impact. To, there is towards one winning. guy. There is one guy, and I think it's the argument that I want to make with you is I think De'Aaron Fox should be the MVP candidate, not Sabonis. I truly okay. do. I, like I think that. I think it's the clutch rating. Like he's scoring enough to be in consideration if they really wanted to. He's scoring like thirty a game, and you can give mm-hmm. Demontis the credit because I mean, obviously, Fox was not this guy until Sabonis showed up. Let's be honest, right? So and I feel and Sabonis has been awesome. Like he's been Jokic level, no, maybe a little less, but he's been Jokic level impact of everything offensively that he's doing. But the clutch numbers for Fox are just insane, dude. Like he's literally just. 
He's like whatever we call Michael Jordan, Fox has been doing this year. It's like eighty yeah. percent shoot, like shoot free or field goal percentage or something like that in the clutch. Like he's just a monster. So I feel like with those numbers, a two seed, a guard, and a guy who has all these highlights and you know game tying shots, game winning shots, clutch points, all that shit, I would throw Fox in there. But I love Sabonis, and I couldn't be mad at that either because he has just been so joyous to watch. And I don't know if one can really function without the other, honestly. Yeah, I think my thing for having Sabonis over Fox is probably just because the turnaround that this franchise saw pretty much shortly after Sabonis walked through the door. And obviously, you know, that is going to improve Fox's game. And it wasn't really, it's not really, that's not really fair to Fox because he hasn't had much of a team around him until this year with (laughs) Sabonis. So it's kind of like, you could take your pick. It's funny. We could probably have like a slash and then just have both of them as the the fifth rank on the MVP ladder. But are you so, we don't have Steve here, but are you good with? With the Joel Embiid as as number oh, one I'm, right now, I'm, I'm, it's yeah. done for me. If I was like, and I shouldn't say that because there's 12 games left, whatever. But like the what he's done to get the Sixers back into the contention they're in, like realistically a contender for the one seed, like fighting back and forth now with your Celtics there for the two seed. Like we were penciling them in for the three, battling with the Cavs for the four, like right after the All Star break, right before. He has been awesome, and he's been awesome all year. I think it's been neck and neck and everybody wanted to give it to Jokic because of the standings and everything else we were talking about. Well, now Embiid is, he's got them up within striking distance. I think he's been just as, I think he's been dominant. So has Jokic. I think it's going to go against him though, because of the three years, if, if it's even, I think it goes to Embiid just because of, they're not going to give it to Jokic three years in a row. If it's even, I think Embiid is just as deserving. I wouldn't be mad if Jokic wins again. But I don't think you can literally you can sit here and say like if you're a Jokic defender that there's no reason that Embiid should win over him because that's just a lie in my opinion. Yeah. I think you would say the same with Giannis honestly if you wanted to. I, I don't. I wouldn't be mad at Giannis either. Right. Yeah. No. I feel the same way. And my thing with for Embiid is. I think pound for pound, like Embiid just can do more than Jokic can. Obviously, I think I think Jokic makes his team teammates better. I think he makes his team better. And he's probably better, you know, just he's probably better with the usage rate compared yes. to but Joel Embiid, Embiid. Embiid's defensive impacts compared to Jokic's is not Head even comparable. It's not yeah. even comparable. It's not even Can't. comparable. And the thing I feel like people were running away with and the reason why they wanted Jokic to run away with the MVP halfway through the season is because of the standings, which you mentioned. But let's look right now. The 76ers yeah, have this, the same <laughs> amount of wins and one less loss. Yeah, It's like you can't even use that for the Jokic argument anymore. And this isn't, you know, me a chance to hate on Jokic. It's just... It's annoying how we almost do this every year. We pick one person, someone like two, like with three, the twenty games left. We're like that person yeah. has to win MVP. <laughs> and it's like, no, we get it. Of course, he's doing stuff we haven't seen before, and I get why people want to jump on that. But Joel and is doing stuff we haven't seen before, and he hasn't even gotten any of the hardware yet. And he's been doing it. At the, you know, at the same pace as Jokic, every time they match up, Embiid gets his, it's has time, his number, it's and has time. his way. I, I just, I think it has to be Joel. It's just time, yeah. It just is. And, like, I just feels like he deserves it. He feels like he's been playing 
at the same level at the very least if not better and it's, it's just a guy like this is how these awards work like you they he should be rewarded this year it's that he has not dropped off at all he's just gotten better over the last three years with this battle with Jokic like this era is going to be defined by these two at least these three years right now and Giannis obviously as well but like those are the names we're going to be talking about and Joel like he deserves to be he deserves to be mentioned alongside those guys from the last five years he really does yeah man it's I think it's Jojo's time and like I don't I guess Giannis still has a chance he we had him three on the list I don't, you know, the Kings guys are fun to put on there. I don't think they have a chance. See how many votes it's, they get. That's the most interesting yeah. thing with them, you know. And Tatum, I don't think has a shot at it. I think, Fell off you know, a they, bit, yeah. Yeah, they have 9 games left. If he were to go like if he were to have like two 60-point games during those 9 9 games, obviously yeah. I think if they went know, like 9 and 0, 8 and 1, he averages like 34 yeah. and they, you know, get the one seed, that could be a that could be a good case. For sure. Yes. I agree with that, but um, with all that said, I think we're going to wrap it up here. What's your final four pick uh, now that we've all settled here? My national championship is now gone. Our heavy hour hoops national champion is still alive, though, um, mm. the Texas Longhorns. But what are you feeling? Final four? Are you still alive? Is your final four still alive? I think I've – I made too many brackets this year. That's fair. See, I did. I did. The, this is the first year I've ever done this, Dunny. I did one bracket, and I did it the same one for everything. I usually just do a bunch of random ones. Yeah. I just did one this year. I think my final four now is Houston and Texas on the one side. The boring, or no, they, no, no, they're in the same region. My bad, my bad. I, it's Texas and UCLA still on my one side. That's all. That's all clean. Um, I had Marquette. So I'm out on Marquette. I don't know, man. I think I'm just going to go Michigan State just because it's fucking Tom Izzo at this point. And Mr. March. Yeah. And I had Creighton instead of Bama, and I think I'm going to stay with it. I'm going to stay with Creighton. So I got Creighton, I Michigan think... State, Bama, and then UCLA, Texas. I'm pretty sure I have in at least one of my brackets. I still have all my four. I have Bama. Um. Actually, who do I have from the no? Because I had Kentucky from the East, I think. So I think right now, if I had to do it, it would be Alabama, Kansas State, um, Texas, and UCLA. All right. Well, Texas we'll see winning. what happens. We'll see what uh, we'll see what Steve says. I'm sure he's like, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of we. I was he was I think avoiding us just because I was going to roast him about not letting us pick Princeton. And then they're now they're in the sweet sixteen. <laughs> man, it's 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 crazy that Fucking it's already Princeton. been that long since then. But yeah, man, Princeton, I, I would love to see them win another game. I mean I Princeton think... Princeton won me a lot of money this weekend. I can't yeah. lie. You 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 texted me and I was like, fuck dude, I guess we have I have to do this at this point. Plus eight hundred odds, a little something on there, and you're off. It was a good day. Never, I never felt yeah. uncomfortable either. I felt good the whole time. Those Ivy League boys, man, they know how to fight. Jesus Christ, dude, this is crazy. <laughs> All right, that'll that'll be it, folks, for Happy Hour Hoops, for Jake, for myself. Follow Trainwreck Sports. 
follow us on Twitter, Happy Hour Hoops, or all socials for that matter. Happy Hour Hoops one on all platforms. Um, If you're listening, go to YouTube, subscribe, give us a like, all that good stuff. Um, You know, enjoy the rest of your March and enjoy the NBA playoffs that are coming up so shortly. And have a good one, folks. Peace. Later, guys.